Section 17 of The Obscure Night of the Soul by St. John of the Cross. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book 2, Chapter 2 Of Certain Imperfections of Proficience. Proficients labor under two kinds of imperfections, one habitual, the other actual. The habitual imperfections are their affections and imperfect habits which still remain, like roots in the mind, where the purgation of sense could not penetrate. The difference between the purgation of them and the others is like the difference between plucking out a root and tearing off a branch, or like removing a fresh and an old stain. For, as I have said, the purgation of sense is merely the gate and entrance of contemplation, and serves rather to harmonize sense and spirit than to unite the latter with God. The stains of the old man still remain in the mind, though not visible, and if they be not removed by the strong soap and live the purgation of this night, the mind cannot attain to the pureness of the divine union. They suffer also from a certain dullness of mind, and a natural rudeness which every man contracts by sin, a distraction and dissipation of mind which must be refined, enlightened, and made recollected in the sufferings and hardships of this night. All those who have not advanced beyond the state of proficience are subject to these habitual imperfections, which cannot coexist with the perfect state of union with God in love but all are not subject to actual imperfections in the same way. Some whose spiritual goods are so much on the surface and so much under the influence of sense fall into certain improprieties and dangers of which I spoke in the beginning. For as they admit into their minds and senses so many communications so that they have frequent imaginary and spiritual visions, for this happens together with other spiritual impressions to many of them in this state, wherein the devil and their own proper fancy delude the soul. And as Satan is wont with so much sweetness to insinuate and impress such things upon them, they are easily deluded and influenced by him, because they do not take the precaution to resign themselves into the hands of God, and defend themselves with all their might against these visions and impressions. For now the devil causes them both to believe in vain visions and false prophecies, and to presume that God and his saints are speaking to them. They also frequently believe in their own fancies. Now, too, Satan fills them with pride and presumption. Under the influence of vanity and arrogance, they make a show of themselves in the performance of exterior acts which have an appearance of sanctity, such as ecstasies and other phenomena. They become bold with God, losing holy fear, which is the key and guard of all virtue. Many of them become so entangled in manifold delusions, and so inveterate have their falsehoods grown, that their restoration to the pure road of virtue and real spirituality is exceedingly doubtful. They fall into this miserable condition because, too confident in themselves, they gave way to these spiritual apprehensions and impressions when they began to advance on the road of spirituality. I have much to say of these imperfections, and how much more incurable they are than the others, because they are considered as more spiritual than those which preceded them. But I shall pass on. One thing, however, I must say, to show how necessary for the further advancement of the soul the spiritual night is, that there is no one proficient, 
however great may be his exertions, who can be free from many of these natural affections and imperfect habits, the purification of which must, as I have said, necessarily precede the divine union. Besides, and I have said it before, inasmuch as the spiritual communications reach also to a lower part of the soul, they cannot be as intense, pure, and strong as it is necessary they should be for the purpose of the divine union. And, therefore, if that is to be attained, the soul must enter the second night of the spirit where, perfectly detaching sense and spirit from all sweetness and from all these apprehensions, these communications will guide it on the road of obscure and pure faith, the proper and adequate means of union, as it is written, I will espouse thee to me in faith, that is, I will unite myself to thee in faith. End of section 17